Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, Darren Mitchell here, and welcome back to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast on this wonderful Wednesday, hump day, October 13, 2021. And uh, trust wherever you are in the world, you're having a phenomenal, phenomenal week. In today's episode, let's talk about confidence, and in particular, self-confidence. I uh, I referred to, I think I referred to yesterday, actually, I ran a workshop on Monday for a group uh, here in Australia, and we we're talking about, uh, and this is the group of group of leaders. We we're talking about uh, self confidence. We we're talking about assertiveness, and many of these guys are pretty new to the leadership game. And it's fair to say that many of them were demonstrating, or at least verbalising, elements of concern, elements of doubt, particularly when they're in the environment with people who've been uh, leaders for significantly longer than they have but also having people in their team who are significantly more experienced in terms of uh, years on the job than they are. Uh, And it was coming through. So we talked about a number of techniques, a number of strategies on how to project self-confidence, how to be more uh, self-confident in everything that they do, but also how we become more assertive in terms of the conversation that we have and the thinking patterns that we have as well. So in today's episode, we just wanted to touch on a few elements around self-confidence and hopefully this uh, if you're somebody or if you've got somebody in your team who is not necessarily as confident as you believe they could be, or in fact, if you believe they should be, then maybe take on some of these things and give this some consideration and potentially put these into practice because it's amazing what happens when people exude a higher level of self-confidence. Now, one thing I'll be really clear, this is not arrogance and this is not faking it till you make it. So, one of the things, and certainly from for sales leaders in particular, we need to understand that we are the barometers of the team. And if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that I've talked a lot about the fact that our team is and always will be a mirror and therefore a reflection of us. So how we turn up every single day often will have an impact on how the team plays out that day, how they perform, how engaged they are, because it all stems from us in terms of the example that we set. So to say that it's vital for us to be uh, projecting an optimistic approach, uh, having a mindset that is more growth-orientated versus a fixed mindset, and exuding self-confidence would be somewhat of an understatement. We can't ever spend enough time focusing on self-confidence because it's one of those things that a lot of people underneath their, I guess, their in their psyche, uh, all of us have an element of doubt, all of us have an element of concern, and if you're really honest, all of us have an element of not necessarily being as confident as we'd like to be. And this is where, particularly where you see really uh, boisterous, enthusiastic, extroverted type behaviors uh, from people who are quote-unquote successful, often we can compare ourselves to those people and say, I could never be like that, therefore I don't have the confidence that they have, therefore I could never be like them, therefore I am not worthy. And this is the conversation that often we will have in our head. Now, it doesn't just stop with leaders. It happens with many, many people in all walks of life. Uh, and I just uh, referred to, we, we just finished watching here in Australia, the SAS Australia program, where all these celebrities were going through the SAS Special Forces training, and it got down to three people left in the final exercise, and only one person, they all passed the, the final exercise, but in terms of 
the selection criteria, there was only one of those final three who were selected as having passed the entire SAS training. And one of the things that the person who won or won or got through or got selected, uh, there was a level of self-confidence with this person, but it wasn't the extroverted self-confidence, brash, beating the chest type confidence. There was this level of certainty and quietness and calmness about this individual that just gave you a feeling that when you were watching it and you could see based on the people around him that they also got uh, a level of confidence from the way that he went about it. And this is what I want to explore today because there are people, and you probably know these people in your environment, if not uh, people you maybe admire or don't, uh, they exude this this air of uh, confidence, almost like this brashness that nothing nothing is a problem and in some cases, many people go over the top. And yes, they're extroverted, but they also, um, what's the term, have this false bravado. And it, and it literally is faking it until they make it. And they think that in order for them to fake uh, enthusiasm, fake confidence, fake bravado, that's actually going to rub off on people and enable them to be like great leaders in the case of, of sales leaders. And it simply doesn't work. Now, I'm not saying anything derogatory here against extroverted people because I know a lot of extroverted people and a lot of those extroverted people do exude a level of self-confidence. But I can also say that a lot of these extroverted people also have levels of self-doubt and concerns that they're continuing to grapple with every single day. So one of the key things to understand here is this is not about false confidence and it's certainly not about faking it. One of the things I shared with the team on on Monday and, and it's not something that I'm uh, I'm not big on the faking it to make it sort of approach. And there's a lot of people out there that prophesize, oh, just fake it until you make it. You'll be right. Just keep doing it. And, and someday, someday it'll just by a miracle change. Well, it's not faking it until you make it. I like to think of it as if you want to be like something and it's, it comes down to modeling of excellence. If you find somebody who you want to model and you want to emulate, then don't copy them, but find out what they do, what their strategy, what their thinking is, how they go about doing it, what behaviors they put in place, and start modeling that. Now, that's not faking it, and it's certainly not being a carbon copy, but it's looking for modeling of excellence. And this is what the the uh, the strategies that I shared with the team on, on Monday, it's not faking it. It's being really clear on what it is that you'd like to become. Find a model who's actually doing what you're doing or has achieved what you, achieve, you want to achieve or is at least in the process of achieving what it is that you want to achieve. And that could be a sales leader that you're, you're trying to emulate, you're trying to um, hang on to the coattails of, or somebody, somebody could be somebody completely different. But whatever that person is and whoever they are, what are the things that they're doing that you can emulate and you can model from so that you can now act as if you're already in that position? And this is the key distinction. This is where the, I reckon where this real self-confidence comes from. It's acting as if. So not faking self-confidence, but acting as if I was self-confident. So if I did that, what are some of the things that I could put in place and what are the, some of the things that I'd be doing? What are some of the things that I would be thinking so that I can act as if I am self-confident? Now, it doesn't it lend itself to then being automatically self-confident. It presupposes that it's going to be a process. To simply say that I'm going to fake it until I make it presupposes that it's fake, it's not real. All right? Acting as if means that there's a process we have to go through. So we have to make progress towards an outcome. So that's the that's the key thing. Now, the other part of this, of course, is, and I've talked a lot about this to, to leaders, is the law of the lid, as John Maxwell talks about, that it's so important that we're the ones, because we're the barometer of the team, we've got to be, I guess, showing the way, knowing the way, and going the way. So from a self-confidence point of view, if you understand the law of the lid, if you, if you could measure self-confidence on a scale of 1 to 10, 
one being terrible, 10 being extraordinary, then whatever the number is for you in terms of self-confidence, then the law of the lid pretty much dictates to say, well, your team cannot be any higher than what your level is and probably no higher than one level below where you are right now. So if you're, and just think about this, if you as a leader, for example, uh, a self-confidence level of four, then given that your team isn't always will be a reflection of you, then it presupposes that your team can't be any higher than probably a three, three and a half in terms of self-confidence. Now, you might sit there and think, well, oh, there's always going to be an outlier. There's always going to be an exception. And yes, that is true. But across the law of averages, uh, your team will not be as a collective any higher than three or three and a half out of, out of 10 in relation to self-confidence. So doesn't it stand to reason that we've got to do a lot more work on ourselves to actually start projecting a higher level of self-confidence so that it can give our, uh, the opportunity for our team to do exactly the same thing? And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the five key elements that go into making up self-confidence. Now, before I do that, though, uh, it's important that we touch on the fact that there is, there is concerns that people have, and there's certainly elements of self-doubt that all of us have to some degree. So when you think about uh, realistic concerns and the difference between, I guess, the, the concerns that people have and probably the self-doubt is realistic concerns is going to be when you've got some concern for your own safety uh, or for the safety of other people or some other form of harm. So it's something that's really concerning and it's legitimate and it's real. Uh, doubt, though, and self-doubt tends to be, in more cases than not, about questioning our own capability or our own ability in relation to what it is that we want to be doing or should be doing. And so we've got to understand that. So all of us, to some degree, will have an element of doubt. And this is why I always say that we're a constant work in progress. And we need to be doing so much work on ourselves, let alone helping our team to do work on themselves as well. So that if we can continue to be better today than we were yesterday, but not as good as we're going to be tomorrow, then that'll give us the latitude and the, I guess the leeway to constantly improve and develop our levels of self-confidence. And that goes for any skill set, by the way. Constant never-ending improvement is a key, key philosophy and a key principle. So let's talk about this because um, our team is relying on us. So as we always know, our team are watching us like a hawk. So we need to be really conscious of that and be really conscious of the example that we're setting, but also be conscious of the images and the impressions that we're creating. And particularly when it comes to confidence, what are we actually projecting? So I took the team through five elements of self-confidence and we had a conversation about this and it really resonated with them. And there were some things that they could take away and start working on and maybe do a bit of self-reflection in terms of where they sit in, in relation to all of these individual elements, and I'll give you the same challenge as well. As we go through this, just think about how you would rate yourself and where you are in terms of our strengths in relation to these five elements, but also if there's any areas that you'd like to continue to work on. Make that a, give yourself a challenge to start putting some conscious focus on these areas, and what will happen is you'll start to see a definitive increase in improvement in your level of self-confidence, which, as we know, will play out in your team. So here we go. Here are the five elements of self-confidence. So the first one is mindset, and we cannot underestimate the power of our mind. Now, we've already talked about growth mindset versus fixed mindset. So the growth mindset person is a person who sees the world as uh, full, expressive, abundant, and the fixed mindset type person is quite deterministic and sees things as glass half empty rather than glass half full. So from a mindset perspective, and how it relates to self-confidence, it stands to reason that positive thoughts will lead to positive behavior. So that means that if we want to exude self-confidence, we've got to be really clear on what our mental preparation is. Now, yes, you've got to deal with facts. And I alluded yesterday, of course, to the fact that one of the key responsibilities of leaders 
is to establish uh, reality. And I'm not saying let's live in fairyland and think everything's wonderful irrespective of what's actually happening in front of us. But it's dealing with facts, but looking at what are the positive things that come out of that. Always thinking, well, no matter what's happening, there's always going to be a solution to every single problem. So it's a growth mindset type person. So things like challenging negative thoughts and rationalizing self-doubt, but understanding how you can actually make some changes and understand that if you change your thinking, you can change your behavior. So mindset is one of the key things. So be really conscious of what your mindset's like every single moment, every single day, particularly when you're in front of your team and you're about to go into important meetings and so forth. Just do a bit of a check-in because we've got to maintain a positive mindset. The second element is presence, making your presence felt. So when you walk into a room, uh, do you announce yourself or do you just walk in and diminish yourself and make yourself feel smaller? Now, a lot of this will depend on what sort of personal style you are, but what we're saying here is in order to develop self-confidence, we have to develop a level of presence. Now, we talk about this in presentation skills, in, for example, or public speaking as a level of charisma or a level of gravitas, right? So people with presence it's not this uh, overconfidence. It's not this arrogance. There's just this. There's just feeling about people that they exude levels of confidence because they have a level of presence. Now, a lot of that's got to do with your body language and how you walk in and how you hold yourself in terms of your posture and so forth. But the other element to this as well is actually being present with people. So what is your presence like with people? How do you walk into a room? How do you present yourself? Uh, when you When you look at people, do you look them in the eye? Do you make genuine eye contact. And when we can hand, handshake again, do you give them a, hand, a firm handshake and how do you engage with people, right? So when you look good, and part of this also will be the, I guess, the personal grooming as well. So when you look good, you actually feel good. But it's having a feeling of, I am present here, but I'm also going to make a wonderful impression in terms of my presence. So when I walk in, I want to walk in with confidence. I'm going to have a spring in my step. I'm going to have my chin up and my eyes forward. I'm going to have a smile on my face. All of that exudes confidence because it creates a thing called presence. So just think about the people in your environment that uh, you really relate to and you have a lot of positive uh, thoughts towards. I guarantee you do. they have this thing called gravitas and they have a level of presence. So it's something, something to definitely work on. I think we can all, all do this. The third one is they exude certainty. So great leaders, people of great levels of self-confidence exude a level of certainty. Now, this is not to say they don't understand they've got some blind spots or some might say some weaknesses, but they tend to play against their strengths. They will speak clearly. They'll use a strong voice. They'll not be afraid to state their views. And they're more than happy to challenge others and the views of others if they're, if it's warranted to do. So one of the things we always talk about in leadership, uh, and particularly in times of turmoil or times of uncertainty, it's the leader who can maintain a level of certainty in times of uncertainty that will be the ones that ultimately will lead their teams to the other side. So uh, exuding certainty is a key thing. So how certain are you? And for example, what is your self-talk like? So just before you're about to walk into a meeting, you're about to walk into a room, or you're about to have a conversation with a, with a key customer, or even one of your team members, what's your self-talk like? Because people who exude certainty, their self-talk is quite positive. Even though they might have some doubts, even though they might have some trepidation and some levels of anxiety, they use that as fuel to actually make sure they're on task when they're actually in the room and in the environment. So playing to your strengths in relation to that and making sure that irrespective of what's going on, my mindset and my language and my thought process, you know what, I'm going to be certain because people are looking to me to be the barometer. 
So that's the third one, exuding certainty. The fourth one is relax. It's amazing when you're in, in the presence of people who are very, very relaxed uh, and content. It tends to rub off on you as well. So that's exactly the same. So as a leader, if you're relaxed, then guess what? The people around you will be relaxed as well. So be aware of your muscles. Be aware of how tense you are and relax them. And this is why things like mindfulness and meditation sort of practices is becoming more and more mainstream because that actually does work. If you speak to any high performer, any super successful team, uh, whether it be business, sport or entertainment, they all have some form of relaxation strategy or technique they go through before they actually get on stage or before they start the game. Even AFL players before they start games, you know, 10, 20 years ago, it would have been, let's get everybody really excited and motivated so they can run through a brick wall. And that was extrinsic motivation that didn't last very long. Now it's the complete opposite. Yes, the motivation has to be there, but it comes from within. But what coaches and high performance people are trying to work on more and more is to get the team to be more and more relaxed. Now, not relaxed to the point where they um, won't perform, but relaxed in terms of they know exactly what their role is and they're really focused. So being relaxed and having all your muscles relaxed enables you to get into the zone and enables you to perform. And when you do that, it exudes confidence. And the final one is be honest. Uh, There's nothing worse than somebody who is not only overconfident or super confident, they're actually full of porky pies as well. So they don't tell the truth. They're making excuses for everything else. Uh, Admit your mistakes. Be authentic. Be genuine be humble. Apologize for blunders. Apologize for mistakes. Admit mistakes. Have your hands, two hands up in the air if you've got mistakes you're making and say, you know what? I'm not infallible. I make mistakes just like everybody else and it's okay. But you handle error, errors or mistakes with grace, with calmness, and with good humor. And one of the best ways to do this is to take the mickey out of yourself, right? So, And this is not uh, a genuine self-criticism where you're really, really down on yourself and you can never do anything. It's simply admitting your mistakes and saying, guys, if I can make this and the worst thing that can happen is I can learn from it, then it's all good because that exudes confidence and gives people the impression that, you know what, if, if my leader can make mistakes and put their hand up, then guess what? I can do exactly the same thing. And all of a sudden, you've got a level of self-confidence that starts to permeate through the entire team. So those are the five elements of self-confidence that I shared with the team. And I, the challenge to you is just have a look at where you sit on each of those. Are you, are you, do you have some strength zones? Do you have some areas that perhaps you've got some work to do? Either way, where you've got some strengths, continue to accentuate those strengths, but perhaps where you've got some uh, areas that you haven't built a level of familiarity or a level of uh, habit, then maybe some things to think about because when you get these in place, your level of self-confidence will go up and therefore how you project that self-confidence to your team will become that more impressive and it will impress upon them that, you know what, I'm a great leader. And in their minds, they'll be thinking, I'm in the right team being led by the right leader. And you'll see their levels of confidence will go up as a result of that. So I trust that message helped. Certainly helped the team on Monday. I hope that helps you and I hope that helps potentially people in your team who may not necessarily be as confident as you believe they could be or as they you should you think they should be. So uh, with that said, just a key reminder, if you are committed to increasing your level of influence, if you want to increase your level of gravitas, if you want to become that exceptional sales leader and do it in the next 90 days, hey, I'd love to work with you one-on-one and help you become that exceptional sales leader. Simply go to my calendar, leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time, we'll jump on Zoom, have a conversation and get to work ASAP as early as this week so we can get you well on your way to being that exceptional sales leader. So very much look forward to that conversation. And as always, thanks very much for plugging into the Exceptional Sales Leader podcast. 
And I very much look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode, which will be tomorrow. Until then, all the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.